Jesus said in Matthew 10, uh, talking to his, giving instructions specifically in the first part of the chapter to his disciples, you have freely received, so freely give. And so the title of the message today is Give as Freely as You Have Received. And you know, we've all received. Do we appreciate what we've received? Do we appreciate the Christian heritage that we have had? Do we appreciate the practicality that our parents taught us common sense, taught us to be practical, taught us to be frugal, and taught us many things? And now, are we teaching those same principles to our family, to people we come in contact with? And that's the challenge this morning. And I have two stories to begin with that I want to tell you. The first story is that uh, my neighbor came by to check on me recently. And we got to talking about locksmiths. And he said, now this is my favorite locksmith story. And he said that uh, this locksmith worked for a company like AAA and... uh, So he got this call from a woman that said she was locked out of her car. So he traveled to where she was, and she was standing by her car. And in her hand, she had her key, and she had her fob. Okay? And she said, you see, when I press this button, my car don't open up. And so he said, well, just wait a minute. Are you in agreement to pay me $150 for coming out here if I tell you what your problem is? Oh, sure. She says, I'm, I'm desperate. Apparently she was traveling. She was away from home. And she was desperate to get into her car. So he said, So he went over, and she gave him the key and the fob. He walks over to the car, sticks it in the lock, and unlocks it for her. She said, what did you do? He said, I just took the key and unlocked your car. Oh, she said, I've never done that. I've always pushed a button. And... He said, well, when you get back to your home area, go to your dealer and he can put a new battery in and then your button will work. That'll be $150. You know, you know, we, we grow up with a lot of blessings that we don't realize, I believe, in practical ways. And Jesus said, you have freely received all this. Now we will pass it on to the next generation and to others. The next story has to do with relationships. Do we value our heritage as Jesus taught us how to relate to one another? Of course, the Bible says God is love. That's foundational. You know, our parents have taught us how to relate to others and God's word and the brotherhood and the church. And sometimes do we realize how people in the world live at times, and are we thankful for what we've experienced, and are we willing to pass it on? Jesus said, you have freely received, now freely give. 
Some time ago, I was in the parking lot at Home Depot, and I noticed this couple were walking through the parking lot. They came up from Walmart's way, and they were just passing through, and they were over maybe 50, 75 feet away from me, and they were just walking through. And the lady was upset. In fact, she was swearing and she was cussing. She was angry and uh, just raising cane. And the man was walking along beside of her and he was listening. He didn't seem too disturbed. He sort of seemed like business as usual. And, and this went on until they were out of my sight, or until I quit watching them. I said, wow. Well, about a month or two later, I happened to be over there again in this parking lot. And don't you know, this same couple came through again, walking through the parking lot. And the same activity, she was raising cane swearing, angry, and he was just, okay, business as usual. You know, we have freely received God's word and his salvation. God has blessed us with families, with love and care. He's blessed us with jobs and businesses, farms and money. Are we freely giving back to others that are in need in a purposeful way. And Jesus instructs his disciples here in the first part of Matthew 10, but later in the chapter, he has more specific instructions for us. And I think the first requirement is, as it says in verse 38 of this chapter, is that we, he that taketh not up his cross and followeth me is not worthy of me. And then the next mandate that we see in this chapter is, do we consider our family and our relationships with them more important than our relationship with God? And we need to have these priorities in mind. And sometimes we hardly know where to begin when, you know, we've received all these things. How do we reach out and help others? And the last verse says, give a cup of cold water. A cup of cold water. Yeah, it's cold. I slopped and it's running down here. It's cold. In the name of Jesus. So let's read Matthew chapter 10. Like I say, verses 1 through 23 are more specific to the disciples that Jesus had, and then I will focus after this on the last couple verses out of the last part of this section, but I wanted to read the entire chapter so we get to get the context of what Jesus is teaching here. Matthew 10, and when he had called his, his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all matter of sickness and all manner of disease. And the names of the twelve disciples are these, the first Solomon, I'm sorry, Simeon, 
who is called Peter, Andrew his brother James, the son of Zebedee, John his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, Rebekah whose surname was Tadius, and Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot who also betrayed him. I might just stop here and I thought it was interesting in my reading, it said Judas Iscariot is always listed last whenever Jesus lists the disciples. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go into the way of the Gentiles. Go not into the way of the Gentiles. To any of the city of the Samaritans enter ye, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in, any, in your purses, nor scrip for the, your journey, neither two coats, either shoes, nor yet stays, for the workman is worthy of his meat. Into whatsoever city or town ye enter, inquire who is it is worthy, and there abide until you go thence. And when you come into my house, salute it, and if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let the peace return to you. Whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words when you depart out of the house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than in that city. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves, and ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But, be, but beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in the synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how that ye shall speak, for it shall be given to you that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father that speaketh in you. And the brother shall deliver up brother to death, and the father the child. The children shall raise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth unto the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. Now this is in verse 24 is more specifically to, to us, even though there's truths in the other passage that apply as well. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above the Lord. It is, en it is enough for the disciple to be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If ye have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered 
that shall be, not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and that ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetop. Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear them which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father. <clears throat> but the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I am come to send, not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me, and he that findeth his life shall lose it. He that loses <coughs> excuse me, his life, my sake, shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. And he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. So let's think about how do we prepare to, to reach out to others? How do we prepare to pass on what we have received? You know, Jesus reminded the disciples, and I believe he's reminding us today, we have freely received, so freely give. The first thing is I think we need to reckon with is verse 38. It says, He that taketh not up his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. And as you know, we've discussed this before. You know, what does it mean to take up the cross? to be willing to suffer for Jesus' sake. Well, I believe part of the issue of taking up the cross is and our goals to Jesus. Being willing to suffer because we identify with him. Also, all of our decisions in life should be according to Colossians 3.17. Whatsoever 
you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I believe that kind of embodies being, taking up our cross and following him. The next thing I want to look at is, is um, Jesus points out in this chapter, verse 37 you know we we love our families we love our relationships with them but it says in verse 17 37 he that loveth father more more than me is not worthy of me and he that loveth son or daughter more than he is not worthy of me and so our family relationships are a blessing they mean a lot to us, but it cannot get in our way. And if we train and raise our families according to godly principles, then those relationships will not be in conflict either in the way of us in relating to God or discourage us because of conflict. And I'm going to talk about conflict a little later. But before we talk about conflict, and Jesus points out conflict in this chapter as well. But let's, let's think about the positive. Let's be encouraged. <clears throat> Jesus said in verse 30, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Have you ever thought about that concept? You know, this, this fact should encourage us that God knows that detail. You know, you're sitting here this morning, and I don't think there's anybody that knows how many hairs they got on their head. If you do, you raise, raise your hand. I don't see anybody. But it says God knows that. And, and what's interesting to me, he also knows uh, hair number 750 from hair number 1035 because see they each have a number and they're distinct from one to the other can you imagine that that, that God knows that and that should encourage us that he knows the other details of our life as well <clears throat> and he goes on to say that two spares are sold for a penny how about that two spares are sold for a penny and it says that God is aware when they fall obviously God's value system is different than ours and, and he goes on to say if, if God fear ye not, therefore ye are more value than many sparrows. It says verse 31 there. And so God will, will, as we sort out our priorities, as we take up our cross, as we relate to our families in love, God will show us how to freely give what we have received. So that should be a tremendous encouragement. When we get discouraged, when we feel lonely, when we feel that no one cares, 
Remember that God knows how many hairs that you got on your head. And he, he separates one hair from another because they have a different number. Can you, can you fathom that fact? That the creator of the universe and the vastness of the worlds and the space and the endless power and might that he has in the billions of people that are in the world, this scripture applies, that he has each hair numbered. And what does that say about his, and, and his care for the sparrows that fall, how much more important are we to him? And how much more we should pay attention to our relationship with him you know, if God cares about us so much that he numbers the hairs on our head, why do we, are we tempted to skip devotions? Why are we skip, tempted to not spend time with God? Why are we tempted not to uh, promote God's kingdom in our lives? Why are we tempted not to help those in need? Jesus said you have freely received. And when a neighbor calls you and asks for help, or when a brother or sister in the church has a need, why are we at times reluctant to help with that need when the very hairs of our head are numbered and God cares about us and we say we're God's children, so why don't we care about others? And so Jesus also points out that there's going to be conflict. This is not going to be easy. Even though we have freely received, it's not going to be easy to give in a lot of situations. And let's look at a few verses where there's going to be conflict. In verse 33 in this chapter, it says, Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. So you might be in a public situation where people are making fun of you. And it might be easy to try to hide the fact that you're a Christian or that you know and love God. Because Jesus said if you publicly deny him, he's going to deny you before the Heavenly Father on Judgment Day. Now let's look at verse 34. <clears throat> Thinking about conflict, Jesus said, Think that I am come to send peace on the earth. I am not, I am not to sit, come to send peace, but a sword. You see, when Jesus came to the earth to introduce God's kingdom, Satan's kingdom reacted. And so, in a sense, the, the wicked feels like they're receiving the sword. And they are receiving judgment unless they turn to him. And we know from John 10 that Jesus brings peace to those that believe on him. But those that do not, they receive the sword. Speaking of conflict. Another verse that talks about conflict is verse 35. It says, For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against the mother, daughter-in-law against the the mother-in-law. So why does this conflict happen? Well, that's, that's a challenge. 
And I believe at the root of that conflict is some of the family members are not following God with their whole heart. They haven't taken up the cross. They haven't gave Jesus their full priority. And Jesus says, when you relate to these family members, there's going to be conflict. And so like it says in verse 36, a man's foes shall be those of his own household. We might raise the question, can the family members that we have raised or that come out of our loins, so to speak, and the loved ones that we have labored for so diligently. And we should not take it personally with some of these conflicts because it's rooted in the fact that they're gravitating toward the other kingdom. Then Jesus goes on, talks about the disciples and the master. Verse 24, I believe it is. Verse 24 says, The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. And I'm, I'm talking about conflict. And Jesus said that the student is not greater than the teacher. And so Jesus is teaching us how, the, how we should freely give because we have freely received. Jesus was rejected. He was made fun of. He was called illegitimate. He was ridiculed. And who was doing that? Those that claimed that God was their father. How sad. So don't be surprised if we face the same conflict when we try to help people. And so the, uh, I believe it says in John uh, 15, John 15 verse 18, Jesus says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And so that's why I say we should not take it personally. So let's have a proper perspective. Verse 28 of John of Matthew 10 says, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear them which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So Jesus is saying here, don't be afraid of conflict and opposition from those that can kill your bodies, but they can't touch your soul. We need to fear God who can destroy both our body and our soul in hell. And as we freely give to others, do all we can to help their their physical and spiritual needs. Did you notice when Jesus was instructing the disciples, he said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. You know, he was speaking to the spiritual needs as well as the physical needs. 
So where do we start? I'd say let's start with a cup of cold water. Did you why did why did Jesus say cold water? You know why he said cold water? Because he pays attention to details. He says, see, the very hairs of your head are numbered. And when we freely receive, we need to give back freely. You know, most people enjoy cold water as opposed to warm water. Isn't that interesting? That we're instructed to give cold water. Freely you have received, freely give. And, and it just challenged me how God and Jesus, his son, knows what humankind, what the flesh enjoys. And, you know, he, he could have said just give a cup of water in, in the name of a disciple, but he said give a cup of cold water. That might take a little more effort on our part. But we have received so many blessings, and why can't we give to others? And it's refreshing. A cup of cold water. Pay attention to the details when we help others because God paid attention to us. He numbered our hairs, one from another. In closing... A verse I want two verses I want to leave with you from another version, Matthew 11, 29 and 30. I like the way this this version puts it. It says, Wear my yoke for it fits perfectly. And let me teach you that I am gentle and humble and shall find rest. You shall find rest in your souls. For I give you only light burdens. I appreciate that fact that it says my yoke fits you like it's a custom made yoke for everyone. And it's a custom fit. You know, it's my yoke upon you. And I only give you light burdens. Shall we sing?